Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. How do you process grief? Do you process grief? Author of A Voice for Veronica, Jeanette Woods, shares how she processed the grief of when her foster child's life was taken away. Veronica was a victim of the infamous Truro murders in Adelaide in the 70s. How did that affect you internally and emotionally when you first found out about that? We couldn't believe that such a vibrant, bubbly, cheeky teenager was actually dead. It's something, death is very hard to get your head around, especially when you're alive. It's it's just sort of the antithesis to everything you know. And we were a long way away in another country and there was no one to help us process it. And so after that initial burst of grief, it was something that I guess I carried around with a lot of wondering. You wonder who could do such a thing. You wonder how could that happen. You wonder how could no one know that she was gone. Why did they not look for her? And you have all these questions and it's all part of the grief. And it's, that's the sort of thing that I needed to address so long after. Did you know the cause of death at the time? We didn't know the cause when she was found. So um, the theory was that she'd got lost. How many years had passed? It was, she died in 1976 and it was 1978 when her body was found. And it was 1979 when they found the other bodies and then that led to a resolution in the case. Um, her murderer had actually died in a car accident, which we found out a lot later. But the second person who assisted in these murders was arrested. And is he still around? He was until 2008. He died in prison. He was charged with the seven murders. And I guess another part of my grief, our grief, was that he, for various legal reasons, he was convicted as guilty of six murders, but not of Veronica's. And the reason for that was because she was the first, the jury felt that this assistant, so-called, who was the driver, he perhaps could not have known that she was going to be murdered, whereas with the others he did know. Now, I probably don't agree with that now that I've researched it, but it's always been a sadness that no one's ever been made legally accountable for her death, and that actually adds to the grief. So how did you process that? (laughs) Well, I, I sometimes get surprised that we let it lie. I think it is part of just trying to move on I never researched it in any way, although I knew the general facts of the case. We'd never been to her grave. We've never been back to Adelaide to live. And so as I began to think about this in terms of writing a book, I thought, well, there's so much I need to find out. And it turned out that it wasn't just like a project for a book, that what I had to explore was a big catch-up on my own grief and sadness. We're talking to Jeanette Woods, author of the book A Voice for Veronica, about her late foster child Veronica and how she processed the grief of losing her. How do you feel today? What did you do to process it? Well, I feel as if I've been able to give Veronica a voice and that's a really big thing because I do, I'm a person who likes to live uh, and act for social justice and I think that the small people of the world sometimes get a really raw deal and Veronica was one of those. She was brought up in institutions. So my research took me into forgotten Australians, um, children who are brought up in institutions and have no history 
When I found her grave, it has no dates on it and it's in a section of the cemetery that belongs to the institution that she was brought up in. And so all of these things added up and I realised that I was rising up out of my grief into a bit of a crusade to make her story known and to bring her reputation back from what the media like to do. There's a lot of victim blaming in those days, just like there is now. And these girls were portrayed in a way that really wasn't true. They were just young girls looking for public transport in an age where hitchhiking was quite common. But um, I felt as if I was able to give her a voice and that really helped me to deal with my grief. And that voice is through the book you're writing. And so, yes, it's been a two-year project, but the book will be uh, coming out in April and it's called A Voice for Veronica. Uh, And I'm just delighted that this is going to get out there and I hope it will also help others, uh, not only those involved in this particular saga, but other people too, because I've become aware of the term co-victims and I realised for the first time that we are co-victims in this terrible event that happened and that every one of those girls had not only an immediate family, but they had people who loved them, they had friends, they had whole schools and churches and various people who were involved with them, and all of those people are co-victims. And as I went to Adelaide and I managed to do a bit of detective work and I tracked down some important players in this story, I discovered they've been carrying this terrible grief too for 40 years. Yeah. So do you know what interests me is it could have gone two ways. Your grief could have caused you to really spiral downwards, but instead you used it to rise up and bring a a hope for future generations uh, through what you've written. And obviously that's a better choice. It's hard to make and some people find that too difficult, but I I have felt all along that God gave me the idea for this book and he's also given me the strength to confront all of this. And so I want to share that hope too and uh, that's part of the purpose of the book. That's Jeanette Woods and her story, which you can read about in her book, A Voice for Veronica. Light and Life, the Salvo's weekly radio show.